Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. I read a story that I thought you would be interested. It's a it's about a Haitian pastor who, well, his talk was, and the lesson was, total commitment to the Lord. And in talking about total commitment to the Lord, he actually illustrated to his congregation a need for total commitment. And he says his story or his parable, it goes something like this. A certain man wanted to sell his house for $2,000. Another man wanted it very badly to buy it, but he was poor and he couldn't afford the full price. After much bargaining, the owner agreed to sell the house for half the original price with just one stipulation. He would retain ownership of one small nail protruding from just over the door. After several years, the original owner wanted his house back, but the new owner was unwilling to sell. So the first owner went out, found a carcass of a dead dog, and hung it from the single nail that he still owned. Soon the house become, became unlivable, and the family was forced to sell the house to the owner of the nail. The Haitian's pastor's conclusion, if we leave the devil with even one small peg in our life, he will return to hang his rotting garbage on it and make it unfit for Christ's habitation. I thought that was interesting. See, tonight, guys, let's talk about having a strong commitment to Christ, a stronger commitment to Christ. See, within that strong commitment, our plan is to do it with integrity. When it comes to commitment, it was John Helcom who wrote, quote, You must get involved to have an impact. No one is impressed with the one lost record of the referee, unquote. As we come and make our way to Psalm 101, what we discover is amazing. You go, what's that? We discover David's strong commitment to the Lord. You see, right about now, David is about to become king over Jerusalem, over Israel, and, and right now the people are discouraged and they're actually divided. And I chose this psalm because I think that's a lot what's going on in our country today. There's a lot of people who are discouraged and there's a lot of people who are divided. The one thing I reminded us guys as a church is that we cannot and we will not let what the government does and what, what, what our local government does divide us as believers. Well, that's kind of what's going on in David's days. Right now, in Jerusalem, they're at a spiritually all-time low. And it was Asaph who actually described the situation back in Psalm 78 as he names David as God's answer to Israel's problems. Now, note with me, we all know that David was a man that God called. Amen? He was a man after God's own heart. But here's what David knew. You talk about the secret of his success. Let me tell you the secret of David's success. You go, what's that? David knew that in order to be surrounded, or in order to succeed as king, he needed to surround himself with godly men who also had a commitment to God. That's scriptural. Pastor, 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 slow down, hold on. Why do you say I need a commitment? Why, why do you say they need a commitment to God? Shouldn't they just be loyal to the king? Listen. David knew that if the men, their men of integrity, had a commitment to the Lord, then listen, they would be loyal. They would be loyal. And I started to think about that. I want to say that again. You see, you would think, no, 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 I just need to be, I just need to be committed to the king. I just, I mean, I just, he just needs to know I'm loyal to him. But David understood the principle, and the principle is really simple. If these men were men of integrity, and they had a commitment to the Lord, they would be loyal to him. And I started to think about this, and it reminded me of a story. 
And it was a story from um, Today in the Word, and it was March 28th, actually, 1993. Listen to this. Listen. He says this. During his time as a rancher, Theodore Roosevelt and one of his cowpunchers lassoed a maverick steer, lit a fire, and prepared the branding irons. The part of the range they were was unclaimed by Greg Lang, one of Roosevelt's neighbors. And according to the cattleman's rule, the steer therefore belonged to Lang. As his cowboy applied the brand, Roosevelt said, Wait! It should be Lang's brand. That's all right, boss, said the cowboy. But you're putting on my brand, Roosevelt said. That's right, said the man. Roosevelt said, drop that iron and get back to the ranch and get out. I don't need you anymore. And he looked at him and he said this, a man who will steal for me will steal from me. I thought, wasn't that, isn't, see, David learns a lesson I believe that we all need to learn. So, if you're taking notes, you need to jot these down. You go, what's that? Number one, ready? Surround yourself with men and women of integrity. Surround yourself with men and women of integrity. That's easy. Number two, have friends whose commitment to the Lord will challenge you. Have friends whose commitment to the Lord will challenge you. That's a plus. Number three, leaders must possess these three things. You go, what's that, Ben? Number one, a devotion to God. Number two, A leader must possess discernment. And number three, a leader must must possess decisiveness. Decisiveness. So surround yourself with men and women of integrity. Have friends whose commitment to the Lord challenges you. Possess these three things, a devotion, discernment, and decisiveness. And let me give you number four. Does our walk with God mirror what David pens in this psalm? And you could write it this way. Does my walk mirror what I'm about to learn? Warren Wearsby writes about this psalm. This psalm of dedication was probably written early in the reign of Jerusalem. We could accurately call this psalm Leadership 101 because David spells out his essentials for successful leadership in the work of God. So I decided to call this message Single-Hearted versus Double-Minded. Single-Hearted versus Double-Minded. You go, why, Ben? Well, for tonight, we discover both men in our passage that those who are single-minded for Jesus and those who were double-minded. We're going to see both of those. And that's where we pick it up tonight. Look at verse 1 with me. Psalm 101, verse 1 and 2, David writes, and he says this, I will sing of mercy and justice. To you, O Lord, I will sing praises. I will behave wisely in a perfect way. Oh, When will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Your attention, please. Here is David's devotion to God. Notice how he starts out the psalm. He starts out the psalm with, I will, I will. Jot this down. He's going to use it eight times. He's going to use it eight times in the psalm. Now, Devotion to God pours out in David's pen. How so? His heart rejoices in devotion. He says, I will sing. I will sing of what? He says, the first thing is, I'm going to sing of mercy. What is mercy? Well, you can circle that. It's actually kindness and favor. Kindness and favor. 
I will sing of kindness and favor. He says, and I will also sing of justice, guys, which means that he was just and fair. How many of you tonight realize that God is just and fair? And yet we walk around as believers sometimes saying, God's not fair. It's not fair. God's not fair. And yet God is just. David says, I'm going to sing that God is just and fair. Think about this. David thinks about what kind of king he will be. When placed, when he places him on the throne, he declares, I will be merciful and just. I will be merciful and just. Now, let me give you some application, okay? Stuff that we can take home. This is what you and I should be in our everyday walks with God. You go, what's that? We should walk and be merciful and just. As believers, we should, with the help of God's Holy Spirit, walk in mercy and justice and fairness. We should sing it from our hearts and live it every day. Now, here's my, my question concerning verse 1. How can David sing of God's mercy and justice as well as his praises. How can David do that? David can sing because he's so impressed by the character of God, so influenced by his marvelous attributes. Wait, wait, wait. You guys, you, you guys are looking at me like, what? Listen. How can we, as believers, sing the praises of God? When we're focused on all other things besides the wonderful character and the wonderful attributes of our God. I mean, again, think about what David's doing. He's going, man, listen, here's, here's how I'm so influenced. And I guess the question is, what am I being influenced by? What am I being influenced by? What, what am I allowing church in my eye gate? Lord, forgive me. What am I being influenced by my ear gate? What am I listening to? Lord, forgive me. I want to be like David. David is influenced by the marvelous attributes of God. And it's one thing to be a Christian in, let's just say it like this, in t-shirt only. But it's so much more when you have that wonderful walk where when you say praise God, you mean praise God. It's like, that. I mean, I mean guys, this is, this is what I'm talking about. And David, is he has something to say. He's so compelled with the sheer power and the majesty of God. Oh, he just, it's a natural thing to just praise the Lord. And he praises his name. I love the fact, guys, that David, in all his faults, come on, can I get an amen? Because we've studied David, and he's been a mess. But in all of that, I see how, man, listen, he cannot contain his adoration for God. His word, his word has reached the hearts and has intended influence. Church, listen, I'm going to preach to me for a minute. You can look if you, you can listen if you want to, but I'm going to preach to me. I, we all have a choice. We all have a choice. In our lives, we all have a choice in the 24 hours that God has given us. We have a choice to look at our phone and watch what's going on in social media. We all have a choice to turn on the tube and watch TV and sit there for two or three hours. We all have a choice to do whatever we want. But here's what I want to do. I want to choose that if I have a moment, I want to be in God's word. I want to be in God's word.
my problem as, as a pastor, my problem as a pastor is I always read to study. And I forget that I just need to read so that I can grow and I can see the beauty and I can see his attributes. But my question to you is, listen, is this, is this the cry of your heart? Is this the cry of your heart? Because here's what's going on. When the world is going to squeeze you, and it will squeeze you. Listen to me, church. I'm not, I'm not chicken little that says the sky is falling, but I'm telling you right now, we are going to be squeezed. What I want to come out is the word of God. And maybe some of you out here are having troubles with that. You go, how so? You doubt the Lord just a little bit. You know that scripture, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I remember, I remember kind of chuckling at that verse. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. <laughs> and now it's more like, ho, 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 that's me. Listen, listen to me, listen. For you Spanish speaking, escucha, listen. You go, what's that? The world is going to do a very good job, guys, of trying to get you to doubt the Lord Jesus and his wonderful attributes. It's going to go all out, okay? 24-7, 24-7. David goes, no, 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 no. It's in me. It's in me. And we should be so impressed by God's wonderful character and so influenced by his marvelous attributes that we actually have something to say. We have something to say. Well, today, let me say this. How do we bless or praise God? Let me suggest four ways that we praise God. We praise God, number one, in song. In song. That's what we should be doing. Well, does that mean I have to come and let's see, let me get the guitar out and wait. No, 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 no. I'm saying God has a song in your heart. And he's putting it and you're singing it. Sing. We ought to praise God in prayer. I've got to be honest with you. I put off noonday prayer for almost a whole year. Oh, Lord. God, Lord. And I realized what I was missing. It's just a sweet time. Well, Pastor, I can't, I can't come on Thursdays. But listen, you can pray. Take your lunch hour from 12 to 1, grab your little sandwich, and pray. Guys, when it comes to prayer, study the prayers of the Bible. Find and read and study passages in the Bible where men and women prayed. You'll find a great expressions of reverence and honor, and we praise God in prayer. Let me say this. Let me just say this, okay, before we move on. Whenever we come on Thursdays and we meet to pray, I say, I only have one rule. I only have one rule when we pray. Don't pray to impress others. Pray like if the Lord Jesus was sitting right there. Don't pray, Lord God is almighty. You know, and, and everybody's like, wow, that dude can pray. No, you got your reward. Is that how you say it? No, right? You just cry out to God, Lord. I'm stumbling, Lord. I'm struggling, Lord. I'm saddened, Lord. I'm broken, God. But you're the pastor. What are people going to think? Nothing. Because I'm talking to God. I'm talking to God. Let me ask you a question. This just came to mind. must be the Holy Spirit. How many of you have found it harder in these last days to walk with God? Like there's a different struggle. You guys, yeah, it's just, it's like, it's not. It's not that you can't walk with God. It's just a, it's like, it's like the enemy is actually working harder against you for that intimacy with God. Oh. And it might come in the form of your job. It might come in the form of, uh, I don't know, it might, whatever it might be, but it's just like, uh, and I can feel it. So we praise God in song. 
This is the day. This is the day. Let's just sing. We praise God in prayer. We praise God in obedience. That's number three. Praise God in obedience. And then number four, we praise God through influence of our faithful lives. Listen, when I get to heaven, God's not going to look at me and go, Oh, well done, thou faithful and you know, very knowledgeable young man. He wants me to be faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Just being faithful. Guys, why are you here on a Wednesday night? Because you want to draw closer to God. Listen, you can't miss Sunday morning. You can't miss Sunday morning because I'm going to be talking about just a deeper walk with God. A deeper walk with God. But we got to get back to this. Notice the second point in the devotion. In verse 2, he says, I will behave, and this is key, I will behave wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house in a perfect heart. Now, here's what I need you to do. I need you to just draw a line there, make a note. But this is what he's talking about. He's talking about our conduct and our behavior is a devotion to God. In other words, he's saying, I will walk in integrity towards the Lord. That's what David, this is what the word of God is saying. I will walk in integrity. My conduct, the way I behave. Notice what David says. He says, I will behave wisely in a perfect way. Let's break it down. David's longing for the Lord was connected to his desire. Everybody say desire. To live a wise and holy life. That's what the word perfect way means. A wise and holy life. He determined that his reign would be marked by integrity and godliness. That's what David is saying. Think about this. When David came to power, notice what he didn't say. Oh, now I can live the good life. He didn't say that. He didn't say, he didn't, he, you know what he did say? He said, I'm going to behave wisely. I'm going to behave wisely. You know what he didn't say? Man, I'm going to have the biggest party ever. He said, no, I, I'm going to behave wisely. He didn't say, look, I'll show him how important I am. What did he say? I'm going to behave wisely. He didn't say, I'll punish my enemies and I'll show them my power. He said, I'm going to behave wisely. Here's a great nugget of truth. When we became believers, when we became Christians, guys, we should never say, now I can live the good life. But we should actually say, now I'm going to behave wisely. As believers, we should never say, I have the best things that money can buy. But say, I'm going to behave wisely. As believers, we should never say, I'll show people how important I am. No, say, I'm going to behave wisely. Never say, I will live however I want to live because I'm under grace. Never say that. Say, I'm going to behave wisely. See, verses 1 and 2 show us a single heart towards God. You guys see that? I'm going to live in integrity. I'm going to surround myself with... Listen, here's what I want. I want friends that are going to push me up to the kingdom. I'm going to surround myself with men and women of integrity. I'm going to surround myself with men and women who are praying for me. I'm going to sound my... Listen, I am not... I, I'm, I, I don't want any insecurity. I'm going to surround myself with people who are better than me so we can get the gospel out the door and see people saved. I'm going to behave wisely. Easier said than done, right, church? Easier said than done. But I think if we have that attitude, Lord, I want to behave with integrity. I want to behave with integrity. I want to behave. I'm going to behave. 
We all find ourselves, church, listen, we all find ourselves in places where we're alone. And there's nobody there to go, ooh, what are you doing? Our spouse isn't there. Our parents aren't there. Our friends aren't around. But integrity and character is still behaving wisely whether nobody is around. It's still doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Because it's the right thing to do. That's what David is saying. David says, that's what you and I should have, a single heart towards God. But now, now we're going to see a glimpse of another man. You go, what's that? It's the double-minded man. I don't want to be this guy. Well, let's see who he is. This is what, this is, this is, look at verse, look at verse three. David writes, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. I shall not cling to me. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know wickedness. Whoever, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. The one who is haughty, look at a proud heart, him I will not endure. I love verse 3. You go, how so? Because David writes, check this out, quote, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. Now, this is something we can apply, that, that can apply to every single one of us here today. Let me give it to you this way. If you're taking note, jot this down. In the New Living Translation, it says it like this. I refuse to look at anything vile or vulgar. Wow. Wow. Let's chat for a moment, church. Let's chat for just a moment. I think this is a, this is a great principle to follow. I think it's a great principle, guys, because when it comes to lust, okay, when I said the word lust, every one of us in our minds went to the lust of either a female or a male. But we must remember, lust comes in all different types and all, all different forms. We can lust for women, but we can also lust for what? Houses and cars and all of this other stuff. But, but, but let's stick to the principle, okay? Because I, I want to learn the lesson. You know, what's that? Well, here's what he says. He's saying to you and I, and I want to talk to the men specifically in the room. You ready, men? We're not going to stare. Men, look at me, young men. We're not going to stare, entertain anything that's wicked or vulgar or vile. David's word, if, if you're a Bible student, David's word would remind you of what Job said. Job chapter 31 verse 1 says, Job writes, he says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? Now we've got to talk, don't we? Because now we're in a world, we're in a world where it seems like, and I'm just going to mention it, you know what, Facebook, I'm going to mention Instagram, I'm going to mention um, YouTube, I'm going to mention TikTok and Snapchat and probably a hundred others I don't know about. But we got to be careful. Because sex sells. And if you want to get the clicks, you're going to do, and, and, it, and, and, it, and here's what David is saying. David's going, no, 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 listen, I just... I love God so much, I don't want to stare, I don't want to look, I don't want to lust. I don't want to entertain. Job says, man, I've made a covenant with my eyes. He says, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be looking at the, at the young girls. Like David Job did not regard discipline over the eyes as, as the only measure of godliness. But think about it as the primary one. You go, why? You ready? You ready? 
Think about this. Put on your thinking caps, church. What you gaze at, what you look at, what you set your eyes on will then become your thoughts. Your thoughts will then become your action. Your actions will then become your character, and character is everything. Listen, people don't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to have an affair. They have been watching, thinking, plotting, planning, dare I say entertaining, way before the action ever ever happens. You go, Pastor, what's your point? What we allow in our eye gate will eventually determine who we are and how we behave. And it might even become our destiny. Let me tell you, let me say that again. You got to write that down. What we allow in our eye gate. Now, again, where's your mind going? Okay? Let's, we're talking, it could be TV, could be, could be movies, could be, uh, it could be news. I don't watch the news. Okay. Could be social media. Dare I say, could be the neighbor across the street. What we allow in our eye gate might eventually determine who we are and how we behave. It might even become our destiny. Look at verse 3b. David writes, I hate the work of those who fall away. I shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall depart from me, and I will not know wickedness. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. Can you imagine who David is describing? Who's David describing here? He's describing people who are not walking in godliness and integrity. Think about it. David goes, look, I'm not, he goes, listen, a perverse heart, you have a perverted heart. Man, you need to get away from me. He says, man, you over here secretly slandering your neighbor. Well, did you hear so-and-so? David's like, "Mm, mm, mm-mm-mm. He says, that person I will destroy. When you walk proud and look proud, he says, and you have a proud heart, he says, I'm not going to endure. You know what David says? I don't even want those people around me. Can I get an amen? Sometimes, church, I invite those people into my home. You go, you do not. I do. And I allow that garbage in. in. And, 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 and you've got to admit, we have been taught since we were children, toddlers, that way. What we thought were Meaningless sitcoms have directed the way we think and how we believe and how we behave. Isn't that what the enemy is trying to do today? You see, if I show you something enough, look at me, kids. If I show you something enough, eventually you'll believe it. And if I can get you to believe it, then that's how you're going to behave. And now I've divided you from the word of God. And yet we have God's word saying, hey, hey, hey. He says, guys, listen, this is the double-minded. This is the person who, 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 who's not walking in godliness. 
And David, like you, wanted to live a godly life. But there's some wisdom in keeping a distance from those with a perverse heart. Why? Because he knew, actually Paul wrote it later in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, when he says, evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts good habits. My dad used to have a saying, maybe your dad used to say it too. Show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Just me? Show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Evil company corrupts uh, good habits. Number two, Spurgeon, when he's saying, it shall, it shall not cling to me, here's what Spurgeon writes. Sin, like pitch, is very apt to stick. Well, what's a perverse heart? Well, it's more like an unruly heart and a twisted mind. Now, King David thinks about who he would surround himself with, who he would appoint. And he says this, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor. Guys, this is significant. And a grievous sin to lie or speak evil in a way against another. The worst of the slander is done secretly. And David was determined to oppose all those who did so. He goes to him, he's not even going to be in my court. Who else do I not want? He says, the one who has a haughty look and a proud heart. David listed two additional and related sins. The face communicates arrogance and the proud heart behind a haughty look. Yeah, but pastor, pastor, I, I want to I reach him. I want to reach. Listen, my... my I've got some friends that are unruly. They're a little bit perverse hard. They're a little, you know, but uh, I'm going to reach them for Christ. Here's the problem. Here's the problem, church. Listen, listen. You, it's easier for them to pull you down than for you to pull them up. It's easier. Okay? If I were to sit here on this stage and I say, okay, let's go. It's going to be that much easier. Now, here's what I found in my life. Maybe it happens in your life. This is what I found in my life. Whenever I hang out with the wrong, the wrong crowd, I end up being more like them than them being more like me. That's what David says. So who do I want to challenge me, to walk with me, be my friend? And how do I want to walk in this life? Well, Davis gives, Dave gives us the answers. Look at verse 6. My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land. Oh, way to go, Dave. That they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. And he who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. Early I will destroy the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. Guys, this is amazing. This is amazing. David writes who he wants to be surrounded by to help in his walk, in his life, in his leadership. And I think this is a great principle that we can apply. Why? Well, let's break it down. He says, my eyes shall be on the faithful of the land. David refused, listen to me, to or at those who thought themselves better than others. Instead, he looked at the faithful, deciding they would dwell with him. When you think of Jesus, when you think of Jesus, look at who he surrounded himself with. These were not the PhD guys. These were not the Harvard grads. These were not, there are fishermen, tax collectors. There were weirdos and strangies, every one of them. And I love it because that's me. That's me. And that's you. 
And what he's saying is, listen, God is calling every one of us right here, guys. Listen, he's calling us to be faithful, not to think of ourselves better than anybody else. That's what God's calling us. I don't know where we got that. I don't know where we got that, that we, we, we feel like we can, we're better than somebody else. We all have a past. We've all made mistakes. We're all human. And what we should do is have grace upon grace on each other and say, you, you're, you're going to make it one day, I promise. You're going to make it. Yeah, Pastor, but I'm a mess. I know. I'm a mess too. Want to be brothers? Okay. Isn't that what family does? Isn't that what family is? When God made family, I mean, think about what he did. He put a bunch of messed up people in the same house and said, get along. (laughs) Right? He did. It takes a supernatural love to love your brother and your sister. And you just you just love on them. You just love on them. Yeah, but they're not they're not the same color of skin. Doesn't matter. They're not the same hair, doesn't matter. Well they're not from Texas. Well then that matters. I'm just sorry. That's just like <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just seeing if you're awake. God's calling us to be faithful, church. Today's the day where we where we step up and we say, um, I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to see myself as better. I want to be faithful because those are the ones that are going to dwell with Him. When it comes, listen to me. When it comes to those we hang out with or our close friends, one characteristic should be faithfulness to the Lord first. The Word of God said it. The Word of God said it. I like that David says, and he shall serve me. Perhaps David spoke this as as he came to the throne, vowing to find the right people to appoint in the government. You see, the key word is serve, and it means to attend, worshiper, to minister to me. And we're all called to be servants. We're called to serve our wives. We're called to serve our friends. We're called to serve at church. He's calling us to serve. To serve. It was Mark chapter 10, verse 45 that says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. If we want to be more like Jesus, what do we need to do? Serve like Jesus. Just serve. Hey, you want a good marriage? You want a good marriage? Serve your wife. You want a good marriage? Serve your husband. It's real simple. It's real simple. No, verse 7. He who works deceit, notice, he who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who, he who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. Two points we can glean from this verse. We as believers should never walk in this capacity. Doing what? Being deceitful and lying. We should never. Believers, those two never go hand in hand. We should not have a reputation at work going, oh, he calls himself a Christian, but they don't walk in integrity. They don't walk, they're, they're deceitful. You go, what does deceit mean? Well, it's, it's falsely, it's guile, it's treachery, it's slothful. And you know what lies are. It's an untruth, it's a sham, it's falsehood, it's without cause. And David is saying, be careful that we don't surround ourselves with those who are deceitful and liars. Now, don't misunderstand me. Those are the people we need to reach with the gospel. But to constantly hang out with such a person will ultimately bring you down to ruin. Can I get an amen?
It's the word of God. It's God's word. This is what he's saying. David is saying to us in this psalm, guys, guys. Now, note David's commitment for excellence. And his faithfulness to the Lord was amazing. He desired to do the right things, to live righteously. Now, your attention, please. Was David successful in all he set out to do? Unfortunately, no. We see David failed in his own family. We saw David sin with Bathsheba and set a bad example for his sons and daughters. But even though David failed at times, he reigned 40 years. He expanded Israel's borders. He defeated Israel's enemies. He gathered wealth used to build the temple. He wrote the Psalms and eventually brought Jesus Christ into the world. You go, well, what's the point? Like us, David had weaknesses and failings. But overall, he sought to honor the Lord and be a good leader. So I'd like to close our Bible study tonight and look at how we can train ourselves for godliness. First of all, we must purpose and have a desire. But it's First Timothy Chapter 4, 6-10 through 10 says this, If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and the good doctrine to which you have carefully followed. Here's verse 7. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. Why, Paul? For bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness is profitable for all things, having the promise of life that now is and that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, to the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. As we get ready to partake in communion, as we get ready, the Lord has been speaking to us throughout the evening. He's been talking to us, and maybe tonight, he's convicted some of us. And I don't know which area he convicted you about. Maybe for us, we need to put down the phone or the iPad, whatever it might be. You know what the sad reality is at times, guys? I'll preach a message like this, and I'll go home, and I'll do exactly opposite of what I just preached. And I'll sit in my recliner, and I'll turn on the TV, and... and but tonight's got to be different. Because I'm like you. I want a stronger desire and a commitment to the Lord. I want I want to stand up and say, Lord... Maybe maybe you were convicted with friends. Like David says, I'm going to surround myself with friends. And your friends should be ones that push you to the Lord, not pull you away from it. If they do, they are not your friends. Surround yourself with people who challenge you. Not in a way, well, did you read your, give me your favorite verse today. But, but challenge, hey, tell me what God is speaking to you. Tell me what, what's God doing. Oh, I better read the Bible. I gotta see. Challenge. I don't know where God has convicted us, but before we take communion, guys, would you just pray? Say, Lord, where where am I with you? Where, where am I? Have I gotten into the same old routine that I need to get out of? I need a stronger commitment to you. Lord, tomorrow at work, the world's going to squeeze me. I want, I want Jesus to come out. Tomorrow at school, the world's going to squeeze you. Wants to destroy you. I want Jesus to come out. But it takes what Davis told us, a strong commitment to him. 
And within that strong commitment, you ready? Plan to do it with integrity. That's our heart. Father, we thank you for your word tonight and the truth in your word. Father, as we get ready to partake in communion, as we sit quietly before you, or as the worship team plays some songs, whatever it might be, we have to do work with you. Father, will you forgive us? Will you forgive us for, Lord, just just life, Lord. Really just life and social media and TV and news and all, and all the stuff we just we've we've allowed to just get in our brain lord forgive us if we're flirting with somebody at work and we know it's wrong lord forgive us if we're entertaining thoughts that are not pleasing to you father tonight in my little church We need you, Lord. We're not clean before you. We want to be clean, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for David saying, Lord, tonight would you make us single, single, single single-hearted for you? That's why we came. So, Father, as as we sing this next song, May you do that work in our heart. If there's anything we need to confess. Lord, we would do it. We would confess it to you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.